Hello, and welcome back to Of Monsters and Crime. I'm Jordan, and I'll be your host today and every day. Uh, it's just me today, so we'll see how that goes. Um, I decided to drink wine while recording, some wine and crime tonight. Um, I've got a bottle of red wine here. It is a Super Tuscan Rosso Toscano. So it's pretty good um, on my first glass. So we'll see how progressively better or worse this gets. Let's talk about a few current events first. Uh, Israel and Palestine are fucked. Uh, they're at war with each other and it's not been pretty. Uh, lots of deaths, lots of violent rioting, lots of people going without power, without water. Uh, so a very messed up situation overall. Um, also in the news this week, uh, there were some cyber attacks on a pipeline on the East Coast, apparently, and uh, gas is fucked, too. Um, I've seen pictures of people with plastic bags full of gas, and I've heard of gas running out at places on the East Coast. Luckily, around here in the Midwest, it hasn't gotten that bad yet. There are no lines. There are no shortages that I know of. Although gas did go up 10 cents today, I did notice that. So that's awesome. Uh, what else is there? I don't know. I'm sure there's a ton more to talk about. But personally, I try not to watch the news because it's depressing. And I'm sure I'll hear of all the important stuff through my many social media accounts and my internet chat pals. I guess we'll talk about some crime. Uh, today, I'm going to do a murder that happened in the town that I currently live in. And I'm going to go mostly off my memory. I did do some research on it just to make sure I had my facts straight. But it's going to be kind of short, so that's okay because this wine is making me feel pretty good and I don't know, hopefully I can fill the silence with some weirdness. Anyhow, so uh, my story today is about um, Aaron Schaffhausen, who was a man that lives, like I said, in the town that I live in. Um, and it's a tragic story about... Uh, the brutal murders of his three daughters. So uh, I'll get into it. First, a little background information. Aaron Schaffhausen married Jessica Schaffhausen. Well, that obviously wasn't her name before, but I didn't look that part up. So uh, they were married in 2000. Uh, they had three children during their 11-year marriage and divorced in uh, 2011. Uh, they had Amara, Sophie, and Cecilia. Um, and then after the divorce, 
he moved to North Dakota for a construction job. Primary physical custody was given to Jessica. Um, She rented the house that he owned. Uh, I guess he got to keep it in the divorce. But she rented it from him while he was living in North Dakota. So she and the girls lived there. Um, I guess it would be fair to say that after the divorce, they didn't have a great relationship. He was angry. He was resentful. Um, however, he was still their dad. So, uh, she was respectful of that and, um, let him see the girls and, uh, be there for them, I guess. On July 10th, 2012, Jessica received a text message in the morning from Aaron stating he was in St. Paul, which is just a 30-minute drive from where we live, um, and that he wanted to visit the girls. She was at work. The girls had a babysitter, um, but she did agree to let him see them. Uh, She just asked that he be gone at... 3.30, which is when she had planned on getting home from work because she didn't want to see him, which is fair. At about 1.25 p.m., the babysitter reported to Jessica that Aaron had showed up at the house and that the girls were excited to see him. Uh, Jessica let the babysitter know it was okay for her to leave, so she went up to the girls' rooms, said goodbye, um, and left shortly after he had arrived. Sip, hold on. Okay. Um, at about 3.30 p.m., so almost two hours after he had arrived, a little over two hours after he had arrived, Jessica receives a phone call from Aaron saying that she could come home now because he had just killed the girls. She immediately called the cops, and uh, I, I mean, props to her for doing that. Speaking from personal experience, I've been in situations where it's like the person says something, but you don't think they mean it because it's a terrible fucking thing that they said or, you know, threatened, and there's no way this person could ever do anything like that. But I guess when it comes to your kids, uh, you don't want to risk anything like that. So she immediately called the cops. Um, Police arrived shortly after, uh, about 15 minutes after uh, she received the phone call from Aaron at her house. And they found the girls up in their... uh, They were each in their own bedrooms, in their beds, dead, with their blankets pulled up to their necks. I guess one of the rooms was just completely covered in blood. Um, He had slit their throats and actually strangled um, the youngest, Cecilia. Trying to get this glass of wine down before I and the podcast because it's going to be a super short one and it's not going to be very interesting if I'm not at least buzzed. 
Okay. There was no report of sexual abuse, so that's good, I guess. Um, the um, girls at the time of their death were Amara was 11, Sophie was 8, and Cecilia was 5. And the cops said that they also had found a can of gasoline that had been spilled or knocked over or poured um, in the basement, um, assuming that Aaron had plans to burn down the house, uh, which he didn't, but um, he was definitely charged for uh, attempted arson. He left the scene of the crime after he committed the three murders, and about an hour after he had placed that call to Jessica, he turned himself into the local police department. Um, I guess he didn't have a whole lot to say when he was questioned, but he did have blood all over his clothes. He was arrested immediately and charged with three counts of murder and attempted arson, and his bond was set at $2 million. Uh, okay, so, um, hold on, taking another drinky poo. Okay, so on March 29th, 2013, he entered a guilty but insane plea. Um, the prosecutors had accused him of killing the girls as revenge against his ex-wife which he did state was his motive, but that he did not know right from wrong uh, due to his mental issues. He also pled guilty to attempted arson. And according to the prosecutors, Aaron disliked that his wife was romantically involved with someone else and that he had resentment over the divorce. I also read from some local news articles that... Um, he apparently had become increasingly depressed as his marriage was deteriorating. Hey, wine. And before uh, the killings, he had stopped taking his antidepressants, which is probably a big no-no. Um, however, I don't think that not taking your antidepressants really would trigger murdering your children. Uh, he made that conscious choice to kill them as a way to punish his ex-wife. That's pretty fucked up. I mean, like, why Why the kids? Um, yeah, that's going to hurt the ex-wife a hell of a lot, but, dude, don't you give a shit about them at all? Like, I guess not. Apparently not. But, I mean... Most men just kill the ex-wife, not promoting any murder at all, of course. But that just makes more sense. Um, <laughs> yeah, people don't kill, don't, don't kill your ex-wives and don't kill your kids. Yeah, we've all been in relationships where when it ended, we might have felt some resentment and some anger and some animosity towards the other person, but Jesus Christ, I mean, that is just heavy. 
That's too heavy. The district attorney that worked the case stated that the process of putting together the facts of the criminal complaint uh, was disturbing, uh, I imagine, to say the least. That's probably a huge understatement. And after 30 years of prosecuting, it was by far the worst case he had ever seen. And I believe it. I mean, we live in a small town. Uh, we're pretty close to the Twin Cities, Minneapolis, St. Paul area, but this is, like I said, really heavy, especially for a small town. First of all, working any kind of murder case would be hard enough. And then you add kids to it, and that's a whole nother level of fucking heavy. I'm using that word a lot, but it's, um, it's true. Uh, it's heavy as fuck. Um, I, it's, it's impossible to leave your emotions out of it. I can't imagine that they would be able to go home after working this case. Um, if, if you have a family, if you have kids or a wife or a husband, you can't bring this home to them. You'd have to spend a good amount of time after work decompressing and trying to figure out how you're going to keep those emotions and keep that shit out of your household. Um, it would not be easy for me to do because I like to talk about my day. I'm a woman. I like to talk. And not being able, like, you don't want to put that on everyone else, but man, it's, I would need to talk to someone. Therapist, I guess. Uh, I would imagine that these people, law enforcement, detectives, district attorneys, everyone involved, I hope they have good therapists because. God damn, they would they need it. So apparently that wasn't the first and only time that he had done anything fucked up to his kids. Um, I didn't see any reports of like uh, physical abuse in the past. However, there were um, some threats that he had made allegedly to harm at least one of the girls in the march prior to the killings. Um, so March, April, May, June, July, four months before the killings, he had, he had threatened to harm at least one of the girls, according to the local police department. And uh, the case was referred to the authorities in North Dakota where he had lived, so I have no further information about that. Um, as far as the trial, it started on April 2nd, I so badly wanted to find and play at least part of the 911 call that Jessica had made, but I cannot find the audio anywhere. I searched tons of websites. I found actually an article that had said, listen to the audio here, and I went to the site and it wasn't there, so I was super disappointed. Like, 911 calls are terrible, they're real, they're raw, but for some reason, 
just like everything else, I guess, in the true crime world. Uh, it's fascinating to me. Uh, maybe it's a good thing I didn't find it because according to an article that I had found, it was a 40 minute recording and the dispatcher stayed on the phone with her the entire time as she drove from her job in St. Paul to her home in our town. Uh, but while they played the 911 call in court, he remained expressionless as his ex-wife is on the phone, weeping, pleading, hyperventilating. He's expressionless, a real fucking monster. Sad news there that I couldn't find it, but later in April, um, and for some reason I don't have the exact date for that, uh, but later in April of 2013, a jury ruled that he was sane when he committed the murders. Uh, jurors took three and a half hours to conclude that he knew right from wrong, despite his mental issues. We all have mental issues. Come on. That's not a reason to murder your children. Um, so three and a half hours to deliberate and to come to the conclusion that he knew right from wrong. He was guilty. He is a piece of shit. Uh, the judge, Howard Cameron, uh, the St. Croix judge, gave him three life sentences with no chance of parole, uh, one for each of the girls. And he currently is incarcerated in a correctional facility or a correctional institution in Wisconsin. Um, in 2014, the judge also made him pay over $14,000 in restitution to his ex-wife, and about one-fourth of the money that was given to him, or that is given to him um, by his, his family and any money that he earns while he's in prison, will be garnished and given to his ex-wife as well. Uh he also was asked to pay a witness cost of $10,000. Aaron Schaffhausen is 35 years old, um, just putting that out there. 35 years old, killed his three daughters, um, in 2013 was sentenced to th uh, uh, life in prison without parole, three life sentences without parole, uh, argued that he had a mental defect that kept him from knowing right from wrong, um, he had the prospect of supervised release after 20 years, but that was rejected by the St. Croix County Circuit Judge, uh, Howard Cameron, who was the judge who, um, presided on his case. Um, he also in 2015 had, um, filed an appeal, but it was denied as it should be, uh, as they determined that the ruling was the correct one and that he is where he's supposed to be and um, will rot there for eternity. Um, so just a little personal background information about myself. I lost my first child when uh, during delivery. 
um, I had some infection that I was not aware of and that the doctors weren't aware of and she just literally could not breathe outside the womb so during delivery we lost her which was the worst most awful terrible thing that could happen to a person um but in that my sister had actually reached out to a local nonprofit organization who helped families of child loss and they helped with so much they um helped with funeral arrangements funeral costs headstone costs i mean donations um they were amazing and you i mean planning a funeral for your child nobody expects to have to do that and it's not cheap so i was very grateful that i had uh, the help of this organization so um i felt that i needed to give back i wanted to also help um other families who were going through similar things um, similar situations even though our paths were different and our stories may be different um, we all had the same outcome and that is we were left without our children so I gave back I volunteered my time I wanted to reach out and I wanted to help you really don't know hold on I need another drink okay you really don't know how many people are going or have gone through the same thing as you or similar until it actually happens to you. And then all of a sudden, like this door opens to this whole new group of people that are right in front of you every single day in your community you see them at the store, you see them at work, like you have no idea until it happens to you. And then it's like, holy shit, all of these people just like came out of nowhere and you like have so much in common and so much that you want to share. It was really a great support group. So going off on a, a little tangent there, but so yes, back back to my story. I donated my time. I volunteered. I was heavily, heavily, heavily involved with this organization. So much so that when the original organization had closed down uh, due to uh, some reasons, um, me and one of the ladies who had started the first organization actually decided to start our own nonprofit organization. So I was uh, honored to be a co-founder of, of this organization, this nonprofit. Um, it is amazing how much this happens to people. We were getting multiple calls every day, sometimes more than once a day, about anything from miscarriages to stillbirths to children getting in terrible accidents, um, teenagers getting in car accidents, like you name it and we dealt with it. Um, and it felt so good to be a part of that organization and to 
give back and to offer assistance and to just be there like they were there for me. So anyways, where I was going with that is uh, being part of this organization, we were, I don't want to say honored because that feels really wrong. Uh, However, it's really the only word I can think of right now. Uh, We had the terrible honor, maybe, of, of helping Jessica. We helped them with catering. We helped um, provide services for the memorial. We got her a necklace that had the ashes of all three of the girls inside. I never like to compare my story to other people's story because they're so different. However, I'm very good at... Um, minimalizing my story when it comes to something such as this like my kids weren't murdered like all of the children that I had were not murdered I lost one child during delivery but I'm so bad like I I minimalize my trauma and my tragedy and I need to stop that because it's not it's not good and it's not right uh because we we lost children and that's um, that's the the main thing. Um, but it's so nice to know that that I was a part of helping somebody in some way, um, just like they were there for me. And it felt really good to give back. I'm no longer a part of this organization because I had two other children that. Uh, took up I don't have free time basically I work I was going to school getting my degree Um, I just didn't have time for it anymore which is sad to me but I put a good probably three years into it um, and it was nice it was it felt good um Anyways, gosh, this wine is doing a good job. I'm just going off on all these tangents and, uh, I don't know, whatever. Wine, yay. Um, so going back to, I guess, the, uh, the story that I had intended on telling, Um, so we helped her, we got her the necklace, we helped her with the memorial service. It was, it was awesome. It was great to be there for her. Um, the house was actually bought by a local bank. Um, and it, the house was, um, dismantled and the materials were donated to Habitat for Humanity. And then the bank had planned on using the money generated from the sale of the land to fund a park built in honor of the girls, which they absolutely did, along with the help of the community. There were fundraisers, there were 5Ks, um, there were local businesses who donated, uh, I think mostly just money to buy the materials for the park, Um, but this park, it's called Tri-Angels Playground. Uh, it opened in 2015. 
Uh, it's accessible to handicapped children. It's got a nice like turf kind of um, uh, flooring instead of like the wood chips or the sand, which really are a bummer when you're a kid because you get that shit in your shoes and it's uncomfortable. Um, so it's really like comfortable, cushy ground to walk on. There's these awesome swings. There's like, um, there, there are parts of the park that, um, honor, uh, and refer to each of the three girls. I believe it's like a music, a science and a sports themed. Um, there's like a mountain of soccer balls that the kids can climb. There's these awesome swings. There's these xylophone, like, uh, music type things that you can bang on. And it's just a really fun park. And uh, I enjoy going there. I enjoy taking my kids there. Um, and it's it's really awesome to have this park um, dedicated to these girls. So uh, I guess just wrapping the story up, um, Jessica Schaffhausen has since remarried. And I believe she's had two children with her new husband. Um, I know for sure two children. It could be more, but I know for sure the two. Uh, it's just nice to know that she was strong and um, chose a path of happiness and uh, honoring her girls but still um, living her life. So that's great to hear. So that wraps up the story for today's episode. And I guess I want to end I want to end the episodes on a happier note um, because sometimes these can be really dark and depressing. And I'll try to throw in some lighthearted, crimes that aren't so terrible but this one seems like a good one for my second episode because it was local uh, I knew a lot about it already let's talk about some distractions for my week or I guess I guess it's been two weeks I've been listening to a lot of new music lately I've been really into hip-hop and like hard rap for some reason like I just go through these phases where like I just need to switch up what I'm listening to and like those beats of the the hard hip-hop like the bass just really are resonating with me right now so I'm taking that and I'm running with it and it's so nice to discover new music. Like I am, am always looking for new music and I appreciate people who can show me new music and like, I'll listen to anything, like almost anything. I don't like country. I'll admit that the, I like old country, uh, Johnny Cash and stuff like that. But as far as like the pop country that you hear on the radio today, like, nah, I'm not, I don't think I'm even really open to that because it's just not not for me. So I've been listening to a lot of music lately. 
I've also been trying to work out a lot more and I hate working out. So um, I have a VR headset and Beat Saber has been like the most awesome thing for me lately. It's fun. And if you put those songs on hard, you work up a sweat. I mean, you're doing squats, you're like slashing left and right. Like it's a good workout. I have an Apple watch, so I keep track of all that and like my heart rate and stuff. And it's a good workout. So I've been trying to do that. I've been trying to paint more. Um, I painted a few things the past week or so. Um, just trying to get my creative juices flowing a little more. I used to paint a lot and then like the past year or two, I've just, I just kind of put it, it just went dormant. Like I just, there was, I don't know why. Um, it just didn't really see, it seemed like more of a chore than anything and it shouldn't be like that. So, um, I don't know, I've been feeling inspired lately to do more art. Um, this podcast is one of my, you know, creative thinking uh, projects uh, along with the art. I've also, I play the flute. So I've been, I've pulled out my flute and I've been trying to, nerd alert, I know. <laughs> I've been trying to uh, practice that and um, surprisingly, I do remember quite a bit and I, I, I've proved to myself that I can still read sheet music. So, uh, we'll see where that goes. I have lots of friends who do music, so maybe I'll be lucky and one of them will like want me to Jethro Tull or Lizzo it up on their, on one of their songs. So we'll see. Also, I've been trying to practice the guitar a little bit more. Um, that has been kind of on the lower side of um, priorities. I also have a ukulele that I should practice more. If you guys are looking for a good ukulele album, Eddie Vedder, ukulele songs, one of my favorite albums. I love it. And I don't care if you're looking for ukulele songs or not, like you should give it a listen. What else is going on with me? Oh, I had some company a couple weeks ago, and one of the days was pretty hot here. And I turned the AC unit on and realized that the outside unit like wasn't kicking on. So, bummer, I had to call an HVAC person. So he came here the other day and was working on stuff and um, plugged in his little hose or hooked up his hose to um, my faucet or my spigot outside, turned it on. I was just sitting in my office doing some work and I heard this noise and I'm like, what the hell? So I go downstairs and there is water, holy shit, just flowing down from the ceiling and of course it was in my bathroom in the basement which has my litter boxes for my cats the litter boxes were completely full of water there was water all over the floor it was such a mess and it was a nightmare and it took me like an hour to clean up I used at least three garbage bags to empty the litter boxes because I mean that shit is heavy 
luckily I have a drain in that bathroom downstairs. So I kind of like swept all the water into the drain. Uh, I had to spray out all of the litter boxes. I had to bleach and mop the floor and it took me a good hour to clean this up and it was a nightmare. But the good news is that my air conditioner is fixed. So come summer when it's hot, uh, I, I'll be okay. And I've been doing my hip hop dancing. I do that. I have practice once a week and we have a recital coming up in a couple of weeks, uh, the middle of June. So I've been doing that and practicing my dance. That's about it. Um, I've been trying, I'm, I, I say this all the time, I'm trying to, hold on, take a drink. I'm trying to, um, okay, so I'm not big on New Year's resolutions. I think for the most part they're stupid because they're all the same. I want to lose weight. I want to you know, be a better person or whatever. But I really wanted to try to make one this year. Uh, and I wanted, it was going to be to read more books because I have a bookshelf, two bookshelves full of books. And a lot of them I have not read. They're just books that I got because I like the author, because they looked interesting, but I really want to start reading more. I just need to find, I just need to set some time aside, 30 minutes a day even. I mean, 20 minutes a day even, it's not that much. And actually, if you guys have any recommendations for me, I'd be willing to look at those and give those a try. I'm not huge on audiobooks. I feel like like I can listen to podcasts, but if it comes to audiobooks, I just find myself like my mind wanders and I I find myself having to rewind and listen over. I'd rather hold a book in my hand. That's that's my my preference is holding an actual book in my hand and reading it, but I do have a Kindle, so that's okay too. Uh, but I just want to read. I want my brain to actually read these words. So if you guys have any recommendations for me, uh, I'm going to give the email address to the podcast at the end of this. You can send your recommendations for books, your recommendations for stories that I do. Uh, if you want to be a guest on the show, um, I'll be happy to have you. I'll, I'm happy to have anybody. I think it's fun when I have someone else to talk to because I don't feel as crazy like just sitting here talking to myself. Any, any recommendations to make the podcast better? Anything. Email me anything. If you have questions, if you have your own stories that you don't want to actually like be on the podcast for but you want me to read a story, I'll do that too. Yeah, uh, the the email uh, is of monsters and crime at gmail.com. So send send anything, your stories, recommendations, anything to that email address, and I promise I'll get to them. If you would like to rate and subscribe, uh, if you listen to this on um, a platform that allows you to rate and subscribe, that would be awesome. And I thank you all again. It's been real, it's been fun, 
and this bottle of wine I mean time really goes by with all the editing that I have to do uh, you would never know it but I pretty much drank the whole bottle this this session so that should be interesting editing thank you guys so much again for all the support um, it's been really great and I only hope to improve again the email is of monsters and crime at gmail.com consider becoming a patron um, supporting this podcast supporting uh, everything I do um, www.patreon.com slash of monsters and crime and I will see you guys next time thank you